All right, welcome to the podcast edition of today's show. It's Eric Chase and the fam. Uh, no familiar fam here today, but uh, a good friend of mine will be on. Jason Kuchma, the executive director of one of the great institutions we have here in our area. Uh, Jason heads out the Toledo Lucas County Public Library. Also, I'm going to attempt to get my dad on. Um, my boss is encountering a problem with her son. I had that same problem as her son when I was a kid, and I want to see if my dad can offer some insight. And he loves telling the story about uh, finding me in the closet. So we'll get to that. Um, last night, I was saying to a couple of friends as I was watching all the Gina Carano stuff happen, I said, I think that I, I think Disney will give her an, another shot. Like she said some really dumb things. And it's more that she threw them out into the ether. And that was the stupid part. Because I can wrap my head around some of her logic, but not being smart enough to know that this is going to be a problem is what gets you fired. Um, Again, I I can grasp what she was getting at, but when you lack so much context that for the most part people aren't familiar with, you're done. But I thought Disney was going to give another shot. I I just recently read they kind of wanted her gone anyway, so she did them a favor. And if she was trying to get herself fired, well, one, where has her, her agent or management been all along as she's been tweeting these controversial things? Maybe maybe they agree with her, but it's your job as an agent or manager to go, yo, you don't want to do that. They will fire you. Uh, you will lose your income. And I, I think she can recover from this. Um, lay low, come back and go, I realize... I shouldn't have said what I said and, and how I said it. I apologize. And like, there's two things we love in America: burying people uh, for what they do, and also second chances. Um, you know, I have a rule in life. Basically, basically, she equated um, how Republicans get treated or, or the political climate right now is is akin to the Holocaust. No, it's not. Uh, again, I have a rule. Don't make Nazi or Hitler analogies. Uh, I, I even trouble myself when I, I throw them out there. I have a little bit of latitude because I'm Jewish. But still, I try to be very delicate about it. Everybody else should just out and out avoid them. Unless you are a distinguished, revered historian who has studied it your entire life or for most of it. You are an expert on it. Don't do what Gina Caron... Don't make a Nazi or Hitler analogy or comparison um, because one, you're not clever enough and you'll make the mistake that she did. Uh, you're not educated enough and you're going to make a mistake. Find something else. There's something called Godwin's Law uh, that I've become familiar with over the years and it's basically saying the longer an internet argument goes on, the more likely it is that someone will evoke or invoke Hitler and the Nazis. And then and then it's just, it's total and utter chaos. Find another comparison to make because there is no comparison to the Holocaust. Um, the context that uh, she forgot to mention and that many people overlook because 6 million people died. They were gassed and herded away and trains and there's been a lot of idiocy. I even felt more of my soul go away today because I commented on a WTOL story. Some some dude said, uh, how long before they start sewing yellow patches on? 
no, no. Like, this is nothing close to that at all. And, and again, something that people often overlook and this context might have helped her case. I think she said something about how other Jews and children were beating uh, their their neighbor Jews. Um, so Germany got like that because we kicked their ass in World War One. The country was like complete and utter rubble, and that's how um, the Nazis and Hitler rose to power. Who did they blame and scapegoat for the country being like that? Jews, as. Many other evil regimes throughout history have done. Um, I know that we are um, up to our eyeballs and more. I know I, I, I do what I can so that we can fight for racial equality between blacks and whites. Uh, but anti-Semitism ha- still lurks and, and can still flex quite a muscle. But for great parts of history, uh, Jews have been a punching bag. The pyramids and the pharaohs. You know that story. How about the Spanish Inquisition? Um, there are probably many, many others because anti-Semitism has been has been powerful throughout history forever and ever. And we just can't seem to get rid of it. It just it never seems to bubble up like it does right now when it when it comes to racial equality for our our black friends. But it's always there. And obviously, the despicable, disgraceful human atrocity of the Holocaust is the cherry on top of anti-Semitism. But yes, uh, the Nazis and and Hitler scapegoated the Jews for uh, Germany being what it was. And they they preyed on that, and that's how they rose to power. Um, There was a guy I was going back and forth with today on on my Facebook page. I thought I unfollowed him or unfriended him before, but he, he came back. And we have disparate views. And that's fine. Um, But he talked about how uh, we shouldn't just believe everything we're told or or, or what we learn. Sure, uh, you can't tell the whole story when we begin to learn this stuff when we're in fourth grade. There is something uh, uh, incumbent upon us to hopefully educate ourselves and find the right resources. And these days, that can be challenging. That's why you've got to do your homework I remember listening to a podcast from someone I really like. His name is Sam Hinkie uh, a couple of years ago. And he talked about, he referenced how he never throws an opinion out there until he's as educated as he can be. Granted, you never know everything and you have to realize that. So you've got to be careful with your opinion. Um, and, and this Jason guy brought up, you know, free thinking. There is, you need to have the balance between free, think, free thinking and critical thought. Don't confuse free thinking for critical thinking. There is a balance of them. And while I have a lot of unpopular and unconventional opinions, one Alex and I have recently started to talk about, um, and and you know this pretty pretty well, that uh, I, I think a lot of crimes, if not most, are because of mental health issues or desperation that are often caused uh, systemically. There are a lot of other opinions I have which are unpopular and unconventional. I don't use my platforms to say them because I know they will they will cause because people might not comprehend them um, without sitting down and that person and I having coffee and me explaining myself so they can understand why I think that. If I just throw it out into social media like Gina Carano did, which was really her biggest fault, um, putting your unconventional and find controversial thoughts out into the ether like that for people to parse apart uh, is what got her fired. And the fact that she's done this before, she knows who she works for. I certainly know who I work for. And I was told 
all the employees in this company were told to watch what they say during the election season because um, we're nearing a tipping point of, of a political powder keg. Um, and very few things that I want to stand for are worth me losing my job. Apparently, she didn't feel that way or was too dumb or ignorant to realize that what she was going to say was controversial Lacking a lot of context, then she she decided to say it anyway. She got herself fired. I, I can even think I can go so far as to say what she was thinking or saying didn't get her fired. It's that she said it at all, knowing that it would cause a lot of controversy and become a distraction and she'd become a, would become a detriment to her employer. I liken it to um in sports, particularly in, in, in football or even basketball. Um, let's... It, there's 15-man rosters for basketball. If you're the 11th guy on the roster and you're not that important to the team, you only have so much rope to say controversial things or to speak your mind uh, before the team is like, you know what, you're causing too much trouble, you're not worth it. Someone like Kyrie Irving, flat earth thoughts, dinosaurs, and all the other weird things that he thinks, he gets a lot more latitude because he's a star player. But when you become too much of a problem for your employer, um... They'll get rid of you. I, I wrote a blog post on Facebook uh, several weeks ago saying you have very little power when it comes to your employment. Uh, back to Jason again. He's like, what about Kevin Hart? They tried to cancel him. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart said, said some horrific things and, and paid a price for them. Uh, a price when we don't know what that cost was, but he did. And Ellen helped build, uh, build him back up. And remember, Kevin Hart makes a lot more money for whoever employs him than Gina Carano does for who employs her. Jason once again said, you're on the radio. You're going to say something and people are going to come after you. Perhaps, but I hope what they will do is look at the entirety of my resume. I know full well I will say something one day that will upset a lot of people. My intent will likely not be there. And I hope people will go, Eric does a lot of work in the mental health community. He advocates for pets and for people who aren't like him. And they look at the entirety of my resume and go, a good person said something dumb rather than what Gina Carano did. I mean, I don't know what her resume is. Um, someone mentioned to me that her uh, her co-star Pedro Pascal tried to talk to her about uh, Pedro Pascal's uh, sibling being trans. So when I do say something, when my foot does go in my mouth, know that I will likely not have had any ill intent, but I hope you look at um, my entire script here and go, it's pretty sterling. Uh, let, let's... Let's let this person slide. Now, if I continue to say things like that, I am no longer of high character. I am of poor and low character. And I don't think at this point we can say that about Gina Carano. So um, let me see if I can weave my dad in here. And then we'll uh, we'll talk to Jason Kuchma from uh, the Toledo-Lucas County Public Library. Uh, who is this? I said I'd call you in like less than half an hour. There's a Doesn't, yeah. doesn't your phone say Ohio or Toledo when I call? We've got to get you a better phone. What do you phone. want? All right. So uh, so my boss was telling me that her son has crazy anxiety and like throws up almost every day before going to school. And I said, boy, you should talk to my dad. Because I told her how you know what? I... What? Can you, can you speak louder? I, that's as loud as I can talk. Oh, Okay. All right, I'll just try and listen hard. Exactly, exactly. Listen, listen louder. Okay. So his son has anxiety and throws up. It throws up like every day before school. And I said, "Guess what? You should talk to my dad." 
So I wanted to ask, do you want to tell the story about when you found me in the closet? I guess Eric was in Eric was in kindergarten or first grade. I guess it was kindergarten. What wasn't kindergarten? Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the, it wasn't well, the kindergarten. I would, I would have been in elementary school in kindergarten. Like you would have, yeah, mom would have to drop me off and watch me go in. Well, that's true. I guess you were in elementary school, and mom was taking you to school, and you decided at the first stop sign that you weren't going. Right. So, you hopped out of the car and ran home. Now, I don't know how you had keys to get in unless the door was unlocked. But I got a call at my work from my mother saying that you weren't going to school. Right. So I had to leave my very, very important, busy day running the country here, coming home, an hour and a half ride on public transportation to look for you. And where were you? Hiding in the closet. Why? Because you were afraid to go to school. And uh, so, I, I think that at that point, mom was fed up with me not wanting to go to school. So she just said, screw it. You handle it. Yeah, and I did. And we got you out of the closet and we walked to school, which was about a mile and a half or so. Finally, you, how did you... Then want to go back to school forever? You met a friend, Jeffrey. And somehow the two of you teamed up and you started going to school every day. Yeah, that's the part that I, I, well, I, had, I remember now, but I had forgotten what was it that got me over being afraid to go to school. And I think it was, didn't, didn't I go to, I think because it must've been first grade. And then the summer before I went to camp and that's where I met Jeffrey. And then I realized he was in my class and yep. then I wound up as a temple dropout. <laughs> yes, you did. A very distinguished educational career. If only, if only Jeffrey Perlman would have went to Temple. Maybe I would have stayed there too. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Well, we forgot about we forgot about Towson. Well, but th- that just wasn't meant to be. Oh, and okay. May- maybe when. I got you. Well, because what, what do you always hit me with? What did I say about what did I say about Towson? What was I going to do? Yeah, something you were going to. Reform the school. You were going to run the school. You were you were you were really pumped up. I didn't. I say I was. I, I was. Didn't I say I was going to make a name for myself? I think what I might have hey, meant. That's it. I I think you what, did make a name for yourself. Well, as that's I left, drop out and come home. I think what I meant was I was uh, I was going to make a name for myself in Toledo. I I was off a little uh, geographically, and and I had the letters after T it, wrong. I got it. Yeah, I got it mixed up. Yeah. No, no, no! It was you. It was me. I mixed it up. You mixed it up. Yeah. I, I, I just followed. Yeah, I meant Toledo, okay. not Towson. Oh, oh, I see. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. this was somewhat helpful. This should have called me before I spent all that money on the other tea. I guess. Well, this was somewhat helpful. Yeah. So, all right, Dad. Have I a good rest so. of your day. All right. Take Bye, it Dad. Easy. I'll handle that, and now we can get to my good friend. I'll handle the editing. And now we can get to my good friend from the Toledo Lucas County Public Library, uh, Jason Kutchman, to see what's going on with that great enterprise we have here in our area. Is it like coming into a room, not knowing if anybody's there? Hello? 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 (laughs) Wow, you sound perfect. Sound good? Yeah, perfect. All right. That's excellent. uh, We're up and rolling. it's, It's no fun that Kelsey's not here, but maybe she just wants us to have our alone time. We need to have some time together. She, she respects that. Well, 
That's why. That's what makes she understand. She knows the room, so uh, that's what makes her great <laughs> at what she does. Did uh, did she tell you? I think I told her not to tell you. I figured I that I told her that I would tell you. Do you know that you're hard to interview? Why is that? Because you're so soft spoken, and uh, you're. I appreciate the hell out of this. You're very stoic as well. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm thoughtful. I try to be thoughtful. It's funny. I, you know, I don't know. That's uh, that can often be uh, misinterpreted as me being aloof or otherwise unapproachable. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I like to listen, at, uh, which doesn't make for a good interview, right? <laughs> well, you're just reflective, and I get all those things. So <laughs> I get it. I was just now that I th- I've thrown that your way. Uh, are you re- yeah, wait to set the tone. Are you, or are you thinking back to other interviews going, maybe they thought I was aloof the whole time? Well, that's a good question. I've always had fun when I got to hang out with you all. So, Not uh, us. And, uh, I mean other people because no. I know you. Like, it's, like I know you now. Like I know you're just very chill, laid back. Um, <laughs> but other people are like, could be like, wow, that guy, he just doesn't have anything to say. He's bad interview. <sighs> now I got a reputation. No, 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 no. Wow. <laughs> Boy, the, the, the neuroses is flying oh. here today, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it runs deep. Um, how are you? How's the library? We're doing great. Um, you know, it's, well, well, let me ask you a second. Are we, are we recording? How, oh, what, what are we, oh, yeah, we're recording. This is, this oh, is, this, uh, do you want to do, do your official voice? <laughs> Whatever's on the show is in the show. Um, yeah, the library is great. We're, uh, we are wide open uh, and serving the community now, and it's been nice. We, we had to scale back some services a little bit uh, right around the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays um, just based on how those numbers are trending, and, and now we're, we're wide open and inviting people back into the building so people can come browse at their leisure. Yeah, I, uh, it's been some weeks for you guys. It's, it's like uh, once a week there's a big story with you guys. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the extended hours. And then um, what really caught my eye last week was you can now borrow a telescope from the library. Yep, we're loaning, loaning telescopes. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to bring some more of our making equipment back online soon. Um, our team has been really thoughtful throughout this whole pandemic about what we can and can't offer uh, safely. And so I think we've got, we've you know, struck a good balance where um, we're providing plenty of access for folks, especially computers. I mean, I think about folks right now who either are uh, dealing with unemployment, uh, people who need to register for the vaccine list, those sort of things that may not have internet access at home or, or the com- computer to do it. So now that we're open, people can come in and use, uh, they can access that technology whenever they want. Awesome. And this is all because of great leadership. Wink, wink. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I, we, uh, I stepped into this role on August 1st of 2019 uh, and then proceeded to do some reorganization with our, within our institution, especially within our administration. And so I had a brand new executive leadership team in place just about this time last year. So you can imagine, you know, there were seven of us working together and all of a sudden the pandemic hit. So we, right. we've had to basically learn how to work with each other, build relationships with each other all on the fly while, while dealing with this crisis. And it's been pretty, they've been inspiring and, and great leadership. Yeah, that's, I'll, I'll take some of the credit, but it certainly goes to the entire team. And I, I'm inspired by them uh, on a daily basis. Um, one more thing that I, I saw just earlier this week, and uh, I saw I came across a name I haven't seen in quite some time, Susan Conda. Um, yeah. do, you, do you know her personally? I sure do. Susan is fantastic. She, um, uh, she has been, you know, we're, 
we've been pretty close to the Conda family um, and um, have gotten to know them a little bit more in the last couple of years. And uh, Susan just recently joined uh, the board of directors for the Library Legacy Foundation, which is the uh, nonprofit foundation attached to the library. So she recently joined that board of directors and brought this idea of you know, handing out hats and gloves uh, to folks that might be in need of them. And uh, you know, we wanted to do it after the holidays. You know, we, there's a lot of attention given towards folks in need uh, right around the holidays. And, and winter doesn't stop uh, after New Year's, right? So mm. uh, as we've witnessed. And uh, it was so perfectly timed. Uh, we hit that cold snap and, and right around the same time that we um, had all these available for folks to come by and pick them up. And uh, they've been... Uh, They've been they've been going to the people that need them, which is fantastic. Yeah, I saw the story in the Blade uh, either yesterday or the day before, and I came across Susan's name. And I met her a couple of years ago when I was working with something with ProMedica, and somebody whispered to me that like the Conda family is one of the great philanthropists of the area. So like, let Susan be Susan. So yeah, she was great to They're- meet. The whole family has just been so supportive, and and uh, and and Susan's parents were really supportive to uh, to the library and the foundation during the renovation and the children's library, and 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 so we, uh, yeah, I couldn't. We are we are blessed to have them in our community. That's for sure. Um, let's uh, let's go backwards a little bit and let's let's get some updates because it's been a minute. Um, you're talking about when you came to leadership and some of the things that were happening. One of them was um, I forget which one was first, but uh, the main branch was shut down and got reimagined. How is everything there at the moment? Uh, it's a little quieter than I would like it to be, uh, as are most of our facilities, which is, you know, we're, we know that people are just slowly coming back online a little bit. And um, it, was, it was a little bit heartbreaking to be able, you know, to open Main Library September 2019. And then just a few months earlier, uh, we had opened the new Mott Branch. Uh, and then, you know, less than a year later, we've, we've had to sort of shutter those facilities in the entire system for a little while. Um, that's why I was really anxious for us to get things back online as soon as we could, as soon as we felt like we could do that safely. So we've been open in some fashion or another since, uh, you know, since probably right after July 4th weekend. Uh, but even during the times we were closed, we were still providing all sorts of contactless services for folks to either drive up and, and pick up things that they've ordered or, um, you know, doing faxing, copying, and printing um, at the doorstep. It's been, uh, it's it's interesting because we've had to adapt and build a lot of new services, virtual uh, programs, our virtual book clubs are, are going gangbusters, and we, um, we've added those grab-and-go uh, services where people can just, you know, put a hold on a book and pick it up right at the door, and I think that's, it's been so wildly popular, it's probably going to be one of those things that, that lives on after after the pandemic is, is is history that's for sure i know people have uh, made jokes before and it's it's made sense like why couldn't chick-fil-a run uh covid testing or vaccine rollout they're so <laughs> efficient and and th- there's honestly some truth to that because it's been very clumsy but and i did for anyone listening i didn't bring jason on so that i could tell him how great he is um, <laughs> i can do that via text message or twitter or anything like that but as you guys just illustrated, like you have been engaged in the community since the outbreak dating back 11 months or so. Um, I guess in a, in a professional way, you, you, you have a lot of employees. The, the library system is, is it 20 some branches? Yep. It's a main library, 19 branches plus mobile services that are, you know, that are reaching out to um, you know, some of the uh, assisted living homes and some of our, uh, the metropolitan housing authority homes. Uh, yeah. So it's, and you know it's been inspiring to see our team come up with really creative ways to pivot our services in a way that you know 
these crises uh, allow us to sort of rethink how we've done, done things, and it's been a, a good opportunity. I think there will be some things that will live on after this for sure, just like the grab-and-go. Yeah. Um, my question was going to be, how were you able to be so nimble and agile in acting a lot of these things while the pandemic was raging, like in the middle of, of last spring? Because, again, you, this is not just like you hang out at the main library branch downtown and you're checking books out and answering emails. Like this is a lot of a lot of buildings, a lot of people, some red tape. But you guys, again, you have managed to be so nimble and so helpful to so many people in the community. Um, as a for, as a professional, as a leader, as a manager, how have you managed this? Uh, it goes back to that leadership team. I think you know, uh, putting together the right group of people to helm the organization, and realizing that you know, uh, my predecessor Clyde Schools was synonymous with the library, um, and if. People never knew my name uh, when I'm done here, uh, but they loved the library. That would be fine with me. I think, you know, I, I want to share that with the entire team. And frankly, uh, when I can remember back, uh, March 10th, I think, was the day we decided we were going to uh, shut down the library. And I sat down with the leadership team and I said, you know, everything I'm reading and hearing, and this was before the governor had, uh, had uh, s uh, closed schools, so everything I'm reading uh, says we're going to have to shut this down and we need to start working on, on our plans. And almost as soon as we shut things down, we had to start thinking about how we reopen things. And it's I know that we had some community members who were frustrated saying, well, I can go to Kroger and they're open. Um, why aren't you guys open? And, and it's a difference of scale, right? So Kroger's got, you know, world headquarters uh, that they can rely on for. And we had to build a lot of the protocols ourselves uh, on the fly. Um, we're not just one location, as you mentioned, we're 20 locations, uh, and, and we've got 350 plus staff members that uh, we had to sort of um, cycle through some forms of reduced hours so that we knew that we could stay financially solvent through an economic downturn, and um, there were just so many moving parts, and even just thinking back to it now, it makes my head spin a little bit how we were able to do it, and I think it was just a testament to not, not only the leadership team, but just having all the right people in the right places that that administrative reorganization added some different layers of management to our branches so we've got we now have regional managers who who in addition to their branch they oversee a handful of other facilities um, and it's just made you know decision making and implementation just so much more smooth uh, in a way that it would have been very difficult for us to do it under a different structure so I, i'm you know so fortunate that we were able to push through a reorganization process so quickly uh, and we did that in about six months, which is kind of unheard, maybe even less than that. Um, it's pretty unheard of, and uh, it benefited the library. And frankly, you know, the fact that, and I told our staff this the other day, um, we had a staff awards, virtual staff awards ceremony uh, put together by our uh, staff awards work group, our committee. Um, and I told them at the end of the, I got to host it, by the way, and I put on a tux uh, in my home office and stood Very in front nice. of the Zoom screen, right? And I got to play host. And, and I told them, you know, honestly, that uh, my job and the leadership team's job is made so much more, is only made possible by the fact that these folks just show up every day, right? I mean, they show up and they're here to serve. And, and even plenty of, even when we had to roll back and, and kind of close up, uh, some of our facilities for a while when the numbers started to peak again uh, this past couple of months, uh, I still had staff members saying, look, you know, we, let's, let's, let's open it up. I mean, we're ready. We've got, we've got what we need. And we've been, you know, our protocols have been so sound that we've been able to keep um, COVID uh, out of the library for the most part. We've had instances here and there uh, with some cases, but we know how to handle them and know how to keep everyone else safe. See, you and Chick-fil-A, run, <laughs> run the vaccinations. 
Um, we, and you know, and we, <laughs> if, if that lady would have, or whoever that was, who said, why can Kroger be open, but not the library? I would have been like, here, eat this book. Um, but no, you guys have been great. And, and all these things you're talking about. So let me, let me go another step with the, the, um, the professional question. Um, there's two things that I live by as a manager when I was in those positions. I want people to work with me, not for me. And mm-hmm. um, you want to you want to inspire and lead people so that they will push through the tough times and want to work with you. So, what are some of your tenets of leadership? Uh, you know, I, we were joking earlier at the top of this call that I sometimes come off as a, a little aloof, a stoic, a stoic, or aloof, <laughs> and and part of that is because I, I, I'm, I I'm listening. I mean, I. I want to spend more time listening than talking. Uh, there's, I've, I learned so much from everybody that I'm around, yourself, uh, you, uh, my colleagues. Every time I'm interacting with someone, I want to learn something and walk away from something, knowing something that I didn't know. And uh, I think listening is key, but it's, and, and it was just modeling what, modeling the behavior and, and the, the approach and the attitude that you expect from your, your colleagues. <clears throat> One of the things that was, this goes back a little ways to my, job as an executive director of a nonprofit that served libraries in New York City. Uh, when I left there, one of my, uh, one of my employees told me, and this stuck, stuck with me uh, for this many years, like six years this month, um, that she said, you know, you are, um, you're the kind of leader that makes us want to be better. Uh, and that is rare and, and a, qual- a rare quality. And I, you know, I don't know what the secret sauce is there, except, you know, just as you said, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, learn from people as much as you can. And frankly, I want to surround myself with a ton of talented people and do whatever I can to get out of their way and remove obstacles for them yeah. uh, doing, doing good work. And, and I think that's one of the ways that we've been able to do it with, the, with this leadership team now. Good. We uh, we share. Not that I, I thought otherwise. We share a lot of leadership principles together. That's why we get along so well on Twitter. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm you're back. there, I'm back. By the way, I'm back. Ba- I'm back. 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 Uh, what, now that uh, now that we passed like January 20th, and we're we're all clear to have you back. Yeah. Yeah. I came back on just after the election. It was just too toxic. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was, and it's it's not a place for you know uh, any kind of nuanced conversation. You know, the world is complicated, and and social media tends to just sort of reduce it down to just bare bones, and it's it's. It's it's frustrating sometimes, but I you know I love going on there and seeing what you have to say. Uh, I love going on there and, and uh, posting dumb dad jokes. I don't have any of those for you today, by the way. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was I was gonna hit you with some of those if you if you've I, written I the top yeah. five because it's it's been a while since I've hit you hit you for some dad jokes. Um, okay, let's go <laughs> let's go back to the library stuff. So I, I threw out a couple of things: telescopes, extended hours, uh, hats and gloves. What other things are on the horizon? And I understand that because we're dealing with this now um, and working with some Jeep Fest things as well. Like we all live in a fluid world. Like we could all be back inside in two days. So, but what are some of the things that you're uh, you guys are working? on at the branches that you can talk about yeah it's 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 a good question because I, we were talking about this uh, I was discussing this with other uh, Ohio library directors recently that we're just trying to stay in this constant you know keep your foot gently on the gas so we don't have to hit the brakes and again anytime soon so we're just kind of trying to continue to keep moving things along um, it is Black History Month so we have a ton of programming going on uh, around that some book clubs um, and uh, we're still into the second month of the winter read, which folks can still sign up for if they want to um, at, at ToledoLibrary.org. Uh, the winter read is, you know, obviously just like our summer reading, but um, you get to, you get a chance to uh, uh, earn some prizes or earn some chances to win some prizes, memberships to places like uh, uh, the art museum or the zoo or the Metro Parks or Imagination Station and, and, and a ton of other really great prizes. So this, the winter read is on. 
Um, and we have authors coming back. So we have, uh, at the end of this month, we have um, Lady Hubbard, uh, who wrote a book called uh, The Rib King, which was, follows uh, her previous book, The Talented Ribkins. Um, and I just read both of those, they're pretty incredible. And then next month in March, uh, for Women's History Month, we have Sister Soldier. Uh, and her new book, uh, which would be pretty pretty great. And uh, as as we've been doing with all of our author events, they're virtual um, and Zoom, so we get we get a lot, a pretty big audience, more so than we were able to put into McMaster uh, Auditorium here. Uh, and I've had a chance to talk to some folks, uh, be to be the host, uh, and and meet some pretty amazing people. How has uh, I would I would guess that you have an older clientele. Um, I, I will always remember the story you told in the TED Talk a couple of years ago um, about the the one woman who had a problem with the sign. So mm-hmm. how have uh, how have those people? And I include my dad in that um, as well. My my dad has had to adapt to iPads and Hoopla, which I got him into. How has the older clientele that you service adapted to some of the technology and virtual things that you guys have done? It's been a blessing, right? Because and I was. I think anybody who's been experiencing this pandemic can, can attest to the fact that so many people have been forced to use technology that they would have uh, shunned prior or felt like it was too complicated for them prior. And so now you've got grandparents hopping on Zoom to see their grandkids. And, and honestly, we've seen a, a ton of uptake in, in uh, the online book clubs and, um, and especially those author events, too. You know, we've been streaming them on Facebook as well, so you don't have to have you – know, we have some – you can join the Zoom room if you uh, are uh, you pay for a ticket and get a book, but also they're just free, and that's one of the things I really like. I want to figure out a way for us to continue to offer those uh, author events free moving forward. But you know, it's uh, yeah, so it's it's just been remarkable that folks have uh, had had to learn these things, and now we're we're kind of uh, uh, we're seasoned pros at all these online tools. Except for the cat guy in the uh, the judge video the other day. <laughs> Yeah, my wife. My wife was saying that she was going to join her ne- her staff meeting the next day uh, as a cat. And I'm sure as plenty of people did that. It was pretty pretty hilarious. Um, I didn't think I needed to see that, right? You know, so you saw the headlines. Oh, here's a lawyer who showed up as a cat uh, with a cat filter, and I didn't think I needed to see it <laughs> until I saw it, and then I was like, "This is ridiculous." I couldn't stop laughing. Was, I'm yeah. like, I, and there were all so many months into this. I and thankfully, well, not thankfully, I'm able to do a lot of like audio things like this. And when I have mm-hmm. a Zoom, I just I'm laying on the couch with the dogs or whatever. Um, and I usually keep my mouth shut during a lot of those anyway. But I know that I, I, I'm trying to be patient. That there are still some people who are like, "Where's the mute button? Why can't anybody hear me?" <laughs> like, I get it. Not everybody is is quick on these things. My my dad being one of them. Uh, before I let you go, let me uh, get an update from you and I'll, I'll set the table here. There's a weird thing with all the great library apps, Hoopla being one of them. I use Libby as well. There's your the, the Toledo Lucas County Public Library app. So it's kind of weird. Imagine if Spotify, if only like a certain amount of people could listen to a certain song at one time, which is ridiculous. Literally the whole planet could listen to Dua Lipa uh, levitating at the same time and, and everything would be fine. It doesn't work that way with library books um you guys only have a certain amount of of books at a given time and i know this is a big thing between libraries and publishers have we made any headway because it it just doesn't fit with common sense that that's how it works it's a digital product you're, yeah you're you're 100 right it's it, it is completely counterintuitive that we can't have uh, all have access to the great and the latest uh new york times bestsellers at the same time and, and a lot of that has to do with the publishers who are still, I think, trying to figure out how they 
how they work in the digital environment, which seems, you know, talking about large, enormous institutions trying to pivot, uh, it's been, uh, you know, a decade or more that they should have sort of figured this out by now. But we do have some different models, um, and I think Hoopa offers some, and we're, we're about to beta test where more people can access the same title. Um, Good. And it's just different, ch it's challenging pricing models, too. I think a lot sure. of folks don't realize that each of those digital titles, if we get, uh, they cost, you know, 80, 80 to 100 bucks a piece sometimes, uh, much more than the print does. And, uh, uh, but also, I think one of the things, too, I try to keep an eye out, and this is sort of an insider tip, I always try to look for when I'm in, in say, the, uh, the Libby app, I'm looking for what's available now, and I'm also looking for those community reads where um, the publishers agreed to let an entire community access a title, and so um, at the same time for, for a community read-along. And so uh, I try to keep an eye out for those uh, and, and, and jump on those titles. Excellent. But That's the Libby app is great. The Hoopla, you know, is, is fantastic. Hoopla, for folks that haven't used it yet, it's like uh, the library version of Netflix at home, and I believe it's been a while since I checked, but I think there was a Roku app for it as well um, that uh, you might check out. And for, again, for the novices, that's all the content. It's not just books. It's music, video, especially now as we continue to stack up the streamers that we have to turn through. Um, a lot of those things are available with your library card. And we, and we just added, uh, we shifted over a lot of, part of the frustrating thing about being in the library is that you have all these different platforms where people have to go necessarily to get some content. And so we used to have a platform that had our digital magazines and those have been moved over to, to Overdrive now so you can get access to those in Libby too. So all the, those magazines you see at the grocery store that you would pick up, uh, you can get those at the, uh, on the Libby app. Awesome. Uh, thanks for the time. I know you're super busy. It was good to catch up with you. Always, uh, yeah, I love talking to you, so I appreciate the invitation. Anytime. Um, I'll talk to you soon. I'll see you on the Twitter. All right, see you, Eric. Take All care. Right, bye.